Have you ever found yourself needing to do something? Whatever it is, I, I don't know what it could be. I'm just going to let your mind wander with where that is. But ever found yourself needing to do something, but you just weren't really all in, right? Like, have you ever found yourself like, I got, I kind of, it's kind of one of those things that you just find yourself, I kind of have to do. Maybe it's not necessarily something you want to do, but you have to do it, but you weren't necessarily all in. I want you to think about how did that impact your effort with whatever that item was? How did it change your experience? How did it change the impact of what you were actually there to do? Because I think we all reach a point when um, we realize when we're all in that our attitude is different, that our effort is different, that our perception is different, that everything is so much different when you're all into something that you want to do. So, like, for example, when um, I, I believe I was in the eighth grade, um, yes, it was in between the eighth grade and my freshman year was when the light bulb finally went off as to how to play guitar, okay? Um, now, I'm still trying to figure out how to play it, but I, I at least got en- enough along that I could limp through and and make this work, okay? But I, it was between eighth grade and my freshman year of high school that all of a sudden the light bulb went off. And I'll, t- I'll tell you the story. This is the way that my dad... Um, uh, my dad played guitar, and so and my brothers played guitar. I mean, not that good, but they played. Um, and uh, <laughs> and the way the way that my dad um, would teach would t- taught me how to play the guitar. This is what he did. He literally sat down and he had. Uh, I wish I still had the sheet. I don't. Um, he had a sheet of paper that he drew out all of the chords. He just drew out where your fingers would go, um, and 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 he handed me a sheet. Because I'd be like, Dad, I want you to teach me how to play guitar. And he handed me this sheet, and he says, when you can play every chord that's on this sheet, come back to me, and I'll teach you how to play guitar. I had that sheet for probably three years. Um, it's like the worst thing ever to be handed a sheet and be like, go practice this. Because you, you don't want to practice a chord. You want to play a song, right? Like, you want to play a song, man. Like, and just just see these dots, put your fingers where these dots are, and it'll make noise. So I, I literally had that for years, but, and, and, but I would practice. I would practice the chords. I'd practice chords, and I would get bored, and I'd move on with my life. And I'd come back eventually, and I'd practice the chords, and I'd move on with my life. Well, between the eighth and ninth grade year, what happened was, um, and I can tell you vividly when the light bulb, like I can remember this moment. It's like you ever have those moments you can just remember. Like you can remember exactly what happened. You can remember everything. This was one of those moments for me. And I was playing. My dad has a 12-string guitar that he plays. And I loved the 12-string guitar. I loved playing on it. And they always told my dad always told me, you should not be trying to learn guitar on a 12-string guitar. It's so much harder to play. And all that did was fuel me to want to learn on a 12-string guitar. It didn't do anything to help me. Um, but I can remember I was sitting in my bedroom. Um, I was actually sitting on a beanbag chair. Yeah, it's pretty legit. Okay, I had a beanbag chair, people. Um, sitting in a beanbag chair, I have a 12-string guitar laying across me, and I'm just playing with these chords, and literally in my ear, I could all of a sudden hear what was happening in the song. I mean, I'm telling you, it was like it was like the light bulb went off. It was just such a weird moment. And literally right from that point on, I could then play the guitar. It was, it was good. I was all in, right? I was all in at this point. Like, I'm like so in, like, I'm like, I got the guitar. 
The problem was um, a few years ago, a few years before that, I had started playing trumpet in school. Okay? Now, let me explain to you why I started playing trumpet. Um, I had no interest doing anything in band when I was in school. I had zero interest. I wanted to play a sport, believe it or not. Yes, me. I wanted to play a sport. Donkey basketball. Um, no. Um, <laughs> I wanted to play a sport, and uh, my mom and dad were like, no, we're not doing the whole sport thing. It's way too much of a commitment. We're not doing it. It's not happening. And they were like, if you want, you can do band. So it was like a courtesy, like, hey, you could do band. So I had been playing trumpet for about two years, but as soon as I could play the guitar, I didn't want to do anything with the trumpet. Trumpet was dead to me, okay? And I can remember going into my freshman year of high school, and I went into band because I was already enrolled into band because when I, grad- when I graduated from eighth grade, when I barely made it through eighth grade, um, that was like, it was like I was in band. Like it was, everyone knew that I would be in band and so on and so forth. And so when I got to band, I went up to the, the guy who, who taught the band and I was like, hey, um, do you guys do guitar in band? Is that a thing? Because um, they have and they haven't and they haven't and they haven't. And he was like, no. And I was like, I'm out. He's like, what do you mean you're out? Like you've played trumpet for years. And I was like, I'm playing guitar. I'm all in. Like it was, it was like trumpet. And I can tell you that I have only opened and I have only seen that trumpet maybe four times since that date, right? Because I, I was done. I was all in with guitar. And there was nothing else that could distract me. There was nothing else that could gain my attention. Because let's be honest, I think the ladies like the guitar a lot more, okay? And so I was like, I'm all in this guitar. Listen, I followed my brothers around. They play guitar everywhere. I never saw Brian play trumpet in front of a group of people. Never, never. <laughs> so when, when I became all in, like other things that used to be a priority all of a sudden were gone. They didn't matter. They didn't have the same weight that they once had. And likewise, when you do something that you're not all in, like if I would have, tr- I, I tried to do trumpet once after that, and I was like, this is horrific. And I literally stopped. Um. But if you, if you find yourself doing something and you're not all in, like um, I thought about this one experience that I had. You guys may not be aware of it. Um, I went and I did refit once. Um, not all in. <laughs> not all in, right? There was no, there was, it was in, out, don't ever come back again, right? But in our lives, there are so many different things that distract us and keep us from the things that we really need to be all in, Right? There are things that we do, and literally it changes how you approach every single thing dependent on what you're all in. And I believe that, it is, that God is, is bringing us to this place that we have to make a decision, every single one of us, that we're going to be all in in our relationship with God. We have to be all in. See, when you're not all in, there are a lot of other things that will take precedent over him. There are a lot of other decisions that will be easier to make contrary to his word, when you're not all in in your relationship with Jesus. We have to be a people that are all in. And so that's what I'm going to talk to you about tonight. I'm going to ask you, we're going to start um, with the good stuff. We're going to go to Revelations chapter 3. Revelations. And a hush fell over the crowd. That's not a hush, I guess. Um, 
Last week, we talked about integrated faith and living the integrated life, not living with this segmented portion of our life where faith gets a sliver, but faith is ultimately the nucleus of everything that we are doing and that it touches every aspect of our life, not living this segregated life in God. And I want to talk to you because if we are going to, listen, if you're going to live out a life of integrated faith, we need to go all in, right? And I will tell you now, your job, your buddies, your politics, your sports, they will always take priority over Jesus if you don't go all in with Jesus. They will always take priority. Revelations chapter 3, very familiar passage. You guys won't be shocked to hear this. Verses 15 through 16, they say this. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. I would that you were rather cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. I want to talk about this because I believe what we're seeing is I believe that today's Christianity offers a place of warmth. I believe that. There's this place of warmth that a lot of environments will allow to excuse a lack of holiness. Because an environment of warmth... It may fill pews or chairs or seats or whatever, but it may not fill heaven. We, listen, we are supposed to be, we we talk about, I say this a lot about expanding the kingdom of heaven. If we are just creating an environment of warmth, listen, lukewarm, no good. Hot or cold, hot or cold. That's our decision. All in or you're not all in. And I believe that this environment that Christianity has right now is literally keeping and allowing this lukewarm lifestyle. And I will tell you now, we are not going to expand the kingdom of heaven with a lukewarm lifestyle. It will not happen. It will not happen. I believe that people are devoted. I believe that there are people devoted. I've heard pastors that say, I just wish this person was more devoted. I wish this person was more devoted. Let me explain something to you. I believe that everyone is devoted to something. And I think what we have to start asking ourselves, are we devoted in our relationship to him? What is taking our energy, our time, our focus, our love, our finances, our devotion? Is it expanding heaven? Are we all in with Jesus? See, I believe we've allowed church attendance and volunteering to become the the determinant when we talk about holiness. That doesn't, I'm not going to say that doesn't matter. I'm not saying those aren't important things. But what I'm telling you is that we can't allow that to, to, uh, to speak to holiness and forsake things like mercy, grace, kindness, honesty, integrity, love. I mean, we could go on and on and on and on and on and on about these things. But we find ourselves struggling with this. Struggling with the balance between the two because we haven't made it a committed decision that we are all in with Jesus. We have to be all in. We have to be all in. We're saying I'm in. We're saying we go to church. We're saying we give generously. But are we actually living a life of someone who's all in? And here's, here's where I think we, we run into this, this friction here. Some of us have every desire and every plan to be all in in our relationship with Jesus. And we have found for days, weeks, months, years, decades that we've struggled to stay consistent in that, right? There are a lot of things that allow that to happen. And I want to talk about um, this, this, whole, this whole environment that 
kind of rocks our ability to walk out a life that is all in for Christ. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to read verses 6 through 9. And I know I probably read this two or three months ago. But there was something else that God was really pointing out to me when I was reading this. It says in verse 6, So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. The part I want to focus on right now, and you've all heard this, we walk by what? We walk by what? We walk by faith. And not, say not. Not by sight, guys. This is is challenging because I I think we run through three scenarios in our life when we start looking at things that are happening. The first thing that we typically do is we look at what we are seeing. It's one of the first things that we do. We immediately look around. We assess. Listen, I'm an analytical type of a guy. I am all about assessing. I assess. I evaluate. I I invest. I do all these things, right? Um, And the first thing we do, the first thing that we lean on when it comes to our senses to figure out what is going on around us is we lean on sight. Sight. We look, at, we look around before we ever look up, right? We're trying to figure out, we're trying to figure out, well, how am I going to handle this? And, you know, you might be saying, well, Tom, you don't know. You don't know my situation. You don't know my finances. You don't my, know my job. If you saw what was happening, I've heard this a hundred times. If you saw what was happening in my life, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be saying that. It doesn't matter what you see. It doesn't matter what you see. If we look around long enough, we're going to see things that we don't like. And here's what I think is, here, here's what I think is happening in the body. I believe that we are staring ourselves into a trance. Have you, ever, have you ever just stared at something long enough? I'm not going to stare at Brian that long. Um, I was going to, and then I was like, I feel like I'm going to regret this. Um, I'm going to burn that image in my face, gosh. Um, I think a lot of times people get into this this situation where you, you kind of stare yourself into a trance, right? Kind of stare. You kind of st- start forgetting about everything else. Maybe, you're think- maybe you are thinking of something and you're just staring at the doors for some weird reason. You just keep staring at the door. And literally, I, I mean, I think we've all been there, right? And, and Bethany will come over and nudge me. She'll be like, what are you doing, you know? Or I'll nudge her and I'll be like, where are you, you know? And um, we can do that. And I think what, what's happened to so many of us is we've got locked in on something that we don't like about our life. We've gotten locked into something that didn't turn out the way we hoped it would. We've gotten locked into looking at something that we didn't quite expect. We've gotten locked into something that we didn't deserve, that we didn't want, that we didn't ask for, that we didn't desire, that we just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And you know what we do? We get locked in staring at that. And we get locked in staring at that. You know what that does? It disrupts everything else around you. See, we, we find ourselves falling victim to this because we are staring ourselves into a trance, believing in what we see and not in what we believe. Does that make sense? 
We're staring, believing only in what we see and not in what we actually believe. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction, the evidence of things not seen. Some of us need to start becoming convicted about our beliefs. We are not convicted enough. We are not passionate enough. We, listen, convicted about what we declare no matter what we see. And that's hard sometimes because everything else looks horrific. We stare at emptiness. We stare at brokenness. We stare at loss, pain, whatever it is, and we get sucked into this trance. And what happens in this journey, now I'm not, listen, I'm not saying that there's not times where you feel down. I'm not saying that for a minute. But if you get locked into this trance and you begin to lose faith, we have to recognize that there is an attack in the enemy laid in that. We have to recognize that while we may be seeing something that doesn't make sense, we may be seeing something that doesn't feel right, seeing something that doesn't seem fair, at the end of the day, we want to be careful that we don't become numb to the declarations of what this word says over our lives. No matter what the world hands us, the world's going to hand you some stuff that you don't want, right? You're going to deal, you're going to encounter with some stuff that you feel like you can't handle, that you feel like it's not fair, whatever it is, you're going to feel that in your life. So the first thing I think we do is we get laser focused on what we see and it becomes a problem. The second thing that I think we do in these scenarios is I think we begin to think about what we think people are seeing. It's not enough for you to see it. You start evaluating, well, what are people thinking about what I'm seeing? Because they're seeing it too, probably. And so if I see it and they're thinking it, and then now I think that they probably think something about me, that maybe I wasn't good enough, or maybe I did it wrong, or maybe I, I've screwed up, or maybe I've got all this sin and I've got all this brokenness, I've got all this issues and all this stuff, and now you're just thinking about what they think. Which, honestly, it could be, completely be false, the entire story, Right? So we, we think first, we think first about what we see. We get lost in this trance. We get sucked into this. We get out of, outside of that, and what we start to do, we start to think about what people are seeing and how they feel about it. See, we look at things and we say, how could God be in them? We look at things and we, and we just focus on what people must be seeing because we get caught up in what they think. But that scripture that we just read, we're, we're not walking by what? We're not walking by sight. We're walking by faith, right? Now, it doesn't say you're not walking by your sight. You're walking on what you perceive that everyone else's visions are of you. It doesn't say that, right? And we get caught up in the things of God and things of, that God is wanting us to do because we look at our brokenness, we look at our sin, we look at our challenges, we look at our struggles, and we say, how in the world would they ever receive anything from me? Because if they look at my life, it's in shambles. It's messed up. I can't, I can't make heads or tails out of this. And what we do is we get caught up from doing the things that God wants us to do because we're so worried about what we think people see, what we think people perceive. The other problem that I'll say is that um, we get caught up into what people actually do see. When people come up to you and you're like, hey, um, did you, you know you got that problem, right? I'm not saying you don't address stuff, right? But I'm saying that it's like picking a, picking a scab, <laughs> wound, maybe I should say, right? 
that it, it just it, it 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 kills the healing process over and over and over. And that's that's why that's why I say sometimes, honestly, um, in in the journey of what we're doing, sometimes I'm just gonna say this. Uh, sometimes people suck, right? Like that's okay to say, right? I can just say that. I, well, I did, so it's out there now. Um, I'll maybe have Chris edit the podcast, but I think we're good. Um, it'd be weird, like a little bleep in that. That would be interesting. Um, he'll probably do that now that I said it. I got to be careful of the things I say that Chris might do because he actually does them and then sends them to me. Uh, and it's pretty comical usually. Um, sometimes people just suck, man. And here, and here's, here's why this is a challenge because we get caught up in what people are saying or what po- people are pointing out and we lose the sight that if I'm all in with Jesus... I'm not worried about that. I'm not caught up in that. I'm not hung up by that. See, we allow ourselves to be all in in so many other things that we become completely devoted to them. We get, we get so wrapped up in them. We get so invested in them. We do everything that we think we've got to do to be able to be involved in these things. But at the same time, when it comes to the things of God, we aren't all in. We don't get on our face We don't call out to him. We don't spend time in his word. We don't spend time worshiping him outside of 30 minutes when we're, listen, we have to be all in. We are living with addictions. We are living with brokenness. We are living with sin because we're refusing to be all in with the things of God. This is not what we're purposed to do. We are purposed to change the world. I mean that. We are purposed to change the world. The environment that is around you should be transformed when you step into it. The things that are in your temple that shouldn't be there, that should have never been there, when you go all in with Jesus, they have to come out. They have to come out. We have to get to a point that this is, listen, this whole Christ church experience has got to be more than lip service. That's not what he wants. He doesn't, listen, he doesn't care. I'm going to get in trouble by this. He doesn't care if you pay your tithes if you don't love him. He doesn't care if you show up at a service if you don't love him. How do you show him that you love him? You live this out. You live it out. Every moment of every day, you have to commit. And listen, when I, got, when I went all in with the guitar, what did I do? I moved on from the trumpet, right? I moved on from it. I cast it away. I didn't throw it. <laughs> but I stopped, right? I just, I stopped. It was done, over. And we think that when we come to Christ, that we have to go through this weeding process, right? Well, you know, I'm going to work on this. Eventually, I'll give them all this. Let me tell you, when you read in what happened in Acts, when people were radically changed by what Jesus was, listen, guys, Peter was standing on buildings and people were literally bringing them through his shadow and they were experiencing miraculous healings, okay? And we struggle with our little problems that we have here in America because we're not willing to fully just say, I don't need it because I'm going to solely depend on Christ. 
And if we get caught up in what people are saying and what people are doing, what you will easily do is you allow the directions of others to derail your faith. Have you ever been around people that make you talk differently? That make you act differently? That make, make you change your tone or make you eat or drink differently, right, when you get around them? That all of a sudden, who you typically are is someone different? And sometimes you may even look at yourself and you may say, who is this person? Like, I don't, I don't want to be who I am around those people, right? I don't, I don't want it. Listen, that's a temptation of the enemy. And what I want you to know is that if you commit to going all in with Christ, all in in your commitment to him, all in in your experiences with him, all in in your love for him, let me tell you, that other person that keeps trying to creep out, they will be kept in check a whole lot easier. Because you're motivated by a love and a passion for who Christ is and who Christ was for your life. We have to get to this point that we stop getting caught up, caught up in those things. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. I want to talk about what an all-in lifestyle looks like. What an all-in lifestyle looks like. Galatians chapter 5. We're going to read verses 16 through 25. Again, another very familiar passage. It says this. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. See that? Walk by the Spirit. See, I talked to you last week about how we're forsaking the Holy Spirit in our lives by shoving him into a sliver, shoving him into his corner, shoving him into his spot, not allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us. It says, it says for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Boom. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Verse 24, I want you to, I want you to notice what it says here. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified what? The flesh. Have crucified the flesh with what? Its passions. And its desires. Listen, the flesh is a is a complicated beast, <laughs> right? But if you look, listen, it, when you when you even read the the fruits of the spirit, isn't there a calming about what it says? 
When you just read it, listen, if there are times where you feel like it's just completely tormenting, I will tell you, read the fruits of the Spirit. Because there is something, when you feel anger building up inside of you, if you can just read love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If you just start reading those things out, I will tell you that it it will bring a calming to your spirit. Why? Because your spirit, that's what your spirit is longing to do. The spirit that is within you, right? The Holy Spirit that is within you is longing to bear fruit. That's what it wants to do. What is the fruit that you should bear? This is the fruit that we should bear. This is living an all-in lifestyle. These are the things that should be coming out of us. These are the things that people should be experiencing. And guess what? When we do that, we're living by the Spirit. Living by the Spirit is a necessary part of our life and living an all-in lifestyle. And so I want want you to understand this. We have to stop getting distracted by what we are seeing, what we are hearing. All of the, listen, faith should be our sense. (laughs) It should be our number one sense. Everything else will distract you. Because guess what? All of the other senses that they talk about in the world, you know what they are? They're the flesh. That's what they are, right? If you think about the senses, it's all about the flesh, And when those things are driving your decisions, they are not being driven by faith. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we get ready to close. I believe that in our lives, um, there are so many things that we are committed to, so many things that we have to do, so many things that we, that we, we we have requirements, right? Now, I will tell you that you know, fathers, I don't want you to hear this and say, you know what, I'm going to stop being all in as a dad, man, because that's just killing my time. It's hard disciplining. It's hard, you know, trying to teach them how to do stuff. So I'm just, Tom's right, you know. Um, I'm a, You know, I'm going to stop being all in and this because, you know, just whatever it is, right? <laughs> but I'm telling you that what I, what I will tell you is that if, if you do that, um, when you go all in with Jesus, you'll automatically become all in as a father. <laughs> it's natural because remember the whole love thing? Yeah, that kind of is an important part of that, um, and that's going to happen. But I, I'll say this, that we have to walk, we have to walk by faith, not getting caught up by what we see, not getting caught up by what's around us, not getting caught up by what other people want to point out at us. Because we have to get closer to the Father. We are living with so much baggage. And we are not allowing faith to do its work. We are consuming so many things that are keeping us from being able to be focused on who Jesus really wanted us to be. And it's keeping us from going all in in our relationship with him.